Welcome to Life After Business, the podcast where your host, Ryan Tansom, brings you all the information you need to exit your company and explore what life can be like on the other side. Welcome back to the Life After Business podcast. This is Ryan Tansom. Today's episode is a special episode in tribute to Lisa Schiffman and the winning women of EY. I was invited down to the Strategic Growth Forum in order to do a special on what Lisa and some of the team at EY has built with this Winning Women program. Lisa's on the show today to explain the ripple effect that the winning women have had over the last 10 years for this special 10-year anniversary of the winning women. So listen in on the episode on Lisa explaining how the women entrepreneurs today of the Winning Women program of EY are changing the world and what they're doing with their businesses and their communities. So without further ado, here's my episode with Lisa. This episode of Life After Business is brought to you by Solidity Financial's Growth and Exit Planning. Their proven process gives you clarity on all of your exit options and how those options impact your financial success, timing, and future happiness. Sell your company on your time frame to the right buyer at the price you want. Good morning, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. I'm looking forward to having you on the show. You guys put on one amazing event this year, and I was so lucky to be a, uh, a spectator of it, sitting on the outside watching what the winning women are doing in today's world. And it was the 10th anniversary, which is kind of the purpose of this show and getting you, the creator, the founder, and the the mastermind behind a lot of this. And I know there's a lot of other people involved, but for the listeners, maybe we just take it back and you can explain maybe at least a little bit about your background and then and where the idea was born for the winning women before we kind of explain what the program was. Uh, sure. Happy to do that. Uh, so I've been at EY for about 17 years, uh, the last decade or so I've been the marketing leader for our high growth practice called growth Markets, And that's where we help companies um, in startups uh, through rather mature stages, all of which are focused on growth to accomplish their objectives. So venture capital backed, PE backed, uh, companies looking to go public, um, and startups um, all the way through um, to a few billion dollars in revenue. In the past uh, 30 years, we've been running a program called Entrepreneur of the Year globally to recognize those business leaders who have accomplished great things uh, with their companies and uh, with their um, community outreach. And in looking at the winners of that uh, storied program, both locally, nationally, and internationally, you know, we, we questioned why we weren't seeing more women take the stage. When we looked at the problem with many others who were focused on women entrepreneurs, we recognized that women, this was you know, 10 years ago, faced obstacles um, that were unique to them in many ways and decided that we as an organization that has built a reputation in supporting entrepreneurship and being advocates of the entrepreneur, were very well positioned to help women entrepreneurs with ambition and business acumen to accomplish their objectives as business leaders. And that's kind of where the program came together. Well, and I, I heard such a cool story about you and how the whole thing started. So where were you when you, when like the idea 
came to it. And then you've got an interesting colleague that said, just do it. So you want to kind of give us a little bit of the insight on that? Because I think it's a really cool story. Uh, yeah. So we were in a big meeting um, with a number of organizations that had been supporting women entrepreneurs, you know, trying to address this question of what gets in the way. You know, why aren't we seeing more women running very large companies? And when we unpacked it, you know, we discovered that access to networks, access to capital, um, having many role models out there who had accomplished big things as entrepreneurs, um, not necessarily working enough on the business, staying focused on working in the business. A number of things were, were commonly getting in the way. Obviously, there were women business founders who were breaking through those barriers, but for many, those seemed to be the, the common obstacles. In this meeting I was in, you know, we were all challenged as representatives of large organizations with resources and, and networks and ecosystems. You know, what could we do to help? And, you know, sometimes it's just the way your brain works. I thought to myself, well, we were really and are very well positioned to fill these gaps, to make the introduction, to provide education around financing options, to introduce women founders to successful entrepreneurs who've accomplished great things, who've overcome challenges. You know, we were in a great place to be able to really um, fill this gap. And so I raised my hand and said, you know, we could, we could create a program. And um, as things happen here, you have an idea, but you never accomplish anything by yourself. So we built a plan and went to some smart people around here whose opinions on these things were, you know, highly respected and important. And uh, one of them, Beth Brooke Marciniak, you know, read the deck, asked me a couple of questions, looked up and said, just do it. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was, um, it was a wonderful endorsement and off, off we went and began the program in 2008 with a pilot class. And uh, here we are in 2017 and we're supporting uh, the success of about 430 entrepreneurs across 50 countries. Which is so exciting. And you guys did it with the 10 year anniversary. You, you did a study called the ripple effect that I want to get into in a little bit. But sure. before, before we do that, uh, Lisa, can you explain for the listeners exactly you know, what is in the program? Because how do you go about doing it? You know, what, what is the real meat of the actual winning women program that you put together? Sure. So it's a competitive process in the U.S. and Canada and many other countries. We ask um, women founders to apply. In this part of the world, in North America, you have to have at least $2 million in revenue two years running, and you need to be 51% owned uh, by, the, by the woman founder. If you're funded, it's a, percentage, you know, a, a, a controlling percentage of what's left after that. Um, and then we evaluate um, what they're trying to accomplish, what they've accomplished to date. We have an independent panel of judges who make the decisions on who they're going to select uh, every year. We typically select about a dozen here in the U.S. and Canada. Every program's a little bit different on capacity and exactly what they look for, but the common thread is some degree of business success with a lot more opportunity ahead um, based upon an evaluation of the business model and the markets and the originality of the idea. Um, so once someone is selected, what we do is we, we bring them together for the first time um, to meet one another, which is a very powerful moment because many of these entrepreneurs are working in 
I wouldn't say isolation, but they've been really busy trying to start these companies, get them off the ground and scale them. And they really haven't devoted a lot of time to meeting others like themselves. So we bring them together. And then it's a combination of education, training, and access. So we train on things like access to capital. What are the different opportunities from debt to angel to VC to PE? How do you need to be prepared for different kinds of investors at different stages? What do they look for? What do you need to know? Um, you know, Who works in your industry? That sort of thing. We talk about talent. We talk about the importance of at some point in the scaling process, replacing yourself as the chief of everything <laughs> and getting a good operational leader in who can take the reins of the business so you can plot the path to growth. We talk about the impact and import of building a public profile, taking your expertise and putting that to work for you in the market, you know, through through LinkedIn, through discussions with the media, and really kind of building yourself as a subject matter expert in whatever field of endeavor, they know that that can really work for you. We make a lot of introductions uh, to others, uh, other entrepreneurs throughout the country and the world who may have an interest in the business, either as an advisor, as an investor, as a partner, um, or just as someone you can refer to from time to time. And then, of course, we work with the companies as appropriate you know, to help them accomplish certain things in the same way that we work with our clients. Um, so that happens naturally um, for some. Uh, for some, it, you know, we, we, they never become clients of ours, but that's okay. That's not the point. The point is to provide them with the resources and the know-how and the access I that they it's huge. might not otherwise get. It's yeah. huge. And, and I saw it in... in <laughs> in motion when I was at the conference and just the power and the vibe of everybody, you can tell they're close knit. They, there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of giving that, that happens in the community that you've built. It is quite amazing. Even after 10 years to watch that in action, um, this event that we just um, undertook a 10 year anniversary, bringing together about a hundred of the 430 from around the world many of whom had never met one another and didn't know each other existed. And to see, you know, in a matter of hours, how thoroughly they had connected and the conversations they were having, the the direct ways in which they were trying to support one another, giving each other advice, thinking about how they could work together, thinking about even far far reaching things like new business opportunities that they could forge with one another. It, it happens very, very quickly, and I'm not exactly sure why, except I think that part of it is they've all been vetted and selected to be part of something, so that has its own value, and I think they recognize in one another very quickly um, similarities in who they are and what they're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. and there's a very fast willingness to provide support, guidance, and see what's next. So it, it is fascinating to behold. Yeah, totally interesting to watch. It was a lot. Like I think I had said to you at the conference, it's way different. I've been to a lot of different conferences and it's way different vibe because of just how quickly everybody's trying to give before they take. And it's, uh, I can only imagine what it's like going through the program with a small cohort like that. And, you know, as you have taken, uh, you know, 400 of these entrepreneurs and these women through this program, you know, at least is there common challenges that you see that 
most of these women entrepreneurs have. I mean, there's there's certain things that you really, you know, between every group, you you have to, you know, that you're going to have to address. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that you know, it's some of the things I mentioned. I mean, one of the things I've noticed is that for many um, who come into the program, and again, not all, uh, but many. The endorsement and validation that come along with being selected for the program are very, very powerful because for many, especially if they're not externally funded, they've never been validated by a third-party organization with the girth of ours and the market positioning of ours to say, you know what, we really think that what you've got is great and there's a lot more runway and we're going to be standing behind you to help you accomplish that. That's a very, very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. It's especially powerful when up until recently, women entrepreneurs were kind of a hidden group. You didn't hear about them. You didn't see them. They weren't gracing the covers of magazines. You know, they were kind of working independently and maybe in any given community, if there were, if there was critical mass, they might run into each other. And if they joined certain organizations, they might discover one another. But for many, it's really been a very lonely journey without a lot of external validation and support. And so that, that, that is a very important thing. Um, as I mentioned, better, more sophisticated understanding of financing options becomes important when some of these companies reach certain plateaus and need to really accelerate growth and scale at a different pace. Mm -hmm. um, they need external financing. They've not necessarily had exposure to it. If they're not on the coast, if they're in the middle of the country, you know, who gets funded is not the, the conversation that happens around every uh, cup of coffee as it does if you're in the Valley um, or right. here in New York. And so I think a more exposure about that, more sophistication around that. As you explain some of the challenges that your your amazing program has, how they're getting through this, because again, like you said, the 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 challenges of having those conversations and understanding the financing is huge because it's a lot different. Even if they are having conversations out in isolation, it's usually a, with a small local bank about a you know a loan or line of credit versus what you're talking about about how to actually scale and grow your company so it's significantly different and then the 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 ability to level up their knowledge to have the right conversations with the right people is game changing for them which i think is a is a nice little spin into with 10 years behind you now and this uh the ripple effects survey and study that you did i think there's some amazing stats in there so do you want to maybe give the listeners a little bit of a backdrop on this, the study that you did and then some of the, the results that came out of that? Sure. Um, over the course of the years here in North America, we've, we've looked at the impact of the program on the entrepreneurs. We've tried to understand what's working well for them, what they're learning, um, what kind of value the program has been providing them as leaders, how operationally that's been impacting their companies. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's how we measure success. Um, are they growing? Are they accomplishing different things? Are they reaching different different levels of growth? Are they gaining recognition in the community? Are they winning awards, including our Entrepreneur of the Year? All of those things are the success measures. So this year, because of the 10th anniversary of the program, we decided to undertake that study on a global basis. And so 
we looked at what I, some of the things I just mentioned, you know, what, what value is the program providing you as a leader? What value is it providing your business? What are you doing differently in your business? And then finally, the, the last piece is, you know, how, have, how do you, as a woman business founder, see your role in the world? Um, as you build your company and or as you've accomplished certain levels of success, how does that translate into enriching the world, improving the world around you? Does it translate into those things? We suspected that it did because of some of the anecdotal information that we had. So what we discovered is that, um, you know, the, the companies are, are absolutely growing on average, um, compound annual growth rates of 35% um, since these folks have joined the program with um, a corresponding average headcount growth of 166% since they joined. So that's a if lot one of the measures is, you know, how are these companies growing? You know, that's, those are some measures. We also looked at, um, are they changing how they finance their growth um, and what, what might that look like? So that said that they intended to seek external financing in the next 12 months, which is a lot more than typically you'd, you'd hear um, when they enter the program. So it's changing their view on how to fund the next stages of growth um, and you know where that's going to come from. 53% also said that they would be expanding their business operations internationally and 43% for the first time. So with growth and with better access is also coming a different view of what's possible around the world. Um, from a value perspective, um, 77% said the program helps them find advisors and role models. Really, really important. Um, you know, one of the the five ways to win, as we as we call our initial set of teachings, is accessing um, some advisors to help you fill in the gaps in your own personal education or experience, so that you can integrate into your company some of the things that you need to do and know that you might not have uh, personally addressed. And so um, that's an important aspect of what they learn and what changes. Um, and then finally, I would say that, you know, another thing that's changed a lot is that they spend more time working on the business instead of in it, and they have confidence to be a public figure. They go on to apply for other awards. They go on to speaking engagements. They go on as they grow to become role models for others. And that's a very positive impact on the next generation of women entrepreneurs. And then finally, um, they are very focused on improving the world around them and paying their success forward. 88% um, of them contribute you know, cash or financial resources to others um, and support an average of two community organizations. So um, they are focused on that. And interestingly, 96% said that they feel a unique responsibility to support other women. And that can come with investments, that can come with um, mentorship, that can come with funding academic programs, many different things like that. So they're not only becoming better business leaders, more effective business leaders, and growing great companies, they're also paying close attention to their 
public profiles and how their successes should be channeled to support the success of the generations behind them and the communities in which they live and work. Which I think is the perfect definition of the a ripple effect, <laughs> because you know, I mean, what you're doing is setting these 400 entrepreneurs out into the world that have have a different perspective on business, the world, their communities, and they're literally changing their employees' lives and the communities' lives and other. It, it it's quite it's quite remarkable, and and you know. If you were to be able to kind of, I don't know if you've got one or two people or maybe probably a ton, Lisa, that you can think of where you almost look at them when they come into the program as like their first day of school. And then when they come out later, like, what would you think, like on the outside, what are the biggest differences as in them as people when they're, you know, walking in versus when they're walking out? The first word that comes to mind is confidence. And that comes from the endorsement the validation and, you know, from us, from the judges who've selected them and from the community that they've now joined. It's a very emotional moment often um, for them to get that validation and it has tremendous impact on what they feel that they can accomplish. And then they go off into the world and they do it. And, we, you know, we've had a number of our entrepreneur winning women transact they've they've exited they they've sold their companies um, at high values to others they've started new companies they've um there's in others i had an email yesterday from one of um our our winning women from the class of 2009 so the first full class that we had that was officially selected by a judging panel etc she sold her company about 18 months ago. She's now become an angel investor, and she just invested in um, one of the winning women from the class of 2017, and another she met recently. Um, so there you have it. You know, she's she's now, and she said to me, she said, "I never would have believed that I could have become an angel investor when I, you know, back when I started the, the in the program." And so it really, in, for some, again, not for all, um, it redefines what they think is possible for their, for their companies and for themselves. And, you know, that's been incredible to watch and, and to see in action. Uh, to get an email like that, um, you know, is incredibly rewarding because it's furthering the goals of yet another generation almost 10 years later. And um, we'll have, you know, a ripple effect on, on what those business leaders can accomplish. And, you know, as I said to her, it comes not only with, you know, money, it comes with her advice and her experience and mm -hmm. her wisdom. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, she's not just writing a check. She's also investing in their success as a, as an entrepreneur. Um, so that, that's an, kind of what I see. Yeah. And I think, you know, the women that, I, that I met throughout the, the week and the, or in the program, there's this whole paying it forward that I want to kind of peel back just a little bit more because it's not just becoming an angel investor, but it's, the women that run their companies and how they pay back, pay forward with other women and their community, you know, whether it was Sherry who runs her company completely different because of her employees, but you know, what are mm -hmm. what do you see different on how women entrepreneurs run their businesses and run their, uh, their communities differently? Because I think that there is a huge amount of weight on that kind of philosophy. I mean, what, what are some other ways that you see the women paying it forward like that? Well, I 
I think I think there are a number of ways, and I, you know, I don't think that this is universal, but I think there are you know some good examples. I mean, they build their companies often with a focus on community enrichment, so they they set time aside for their employees to do volunteer work of their choice in their communities on a paid basis. You know, they give them the time and the space to go invest in something outside the business. Some of them put a focus on creating opportunities for underemployed or undereducated women uh, in their communities who wouldn't otherwise have a shot at a decent income. And so they they create businesses that are designed for that purpose. So they're not only creating great products that many people want, but they're doing so by creating opportunity for women who otherwise wouldn't have it. And some of them go on to become entrepreneurs. They think about their daughters and other family members and what does the world want to look like for them and what opportunities would they like to have, like them to have. So they build connections with academic institutions to reach out to students who are looking at business as a potential career choice or entrepreneurship. They build bridges um, with, within the business community for those students so that they can have a shot at understanding things maybe earlier than they did and having access to advisors in a way that they never did. They're very thoughtful about what matters and they're very grateful for the opportunities they've been given. Don't take that for granted and show that appreciation by building bridges to and creating opportunities for others in many different dimensions. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think the, you know, some of the different breakouts and presentations I watched at the conference was like, it's a huge theme where there's, there's a lot of appreciation that's out there. It's, and I don't know if it's just, you know, again, this is not universal to, to take your phrase, but it, you know, there's less ego involved and it's more about like, let, let's all accomplish this for the greater good. And that, that, that you kind of just felt it in the, in the vibe of the conference. I would say that, you know, you, you largely feel a complete absence of posturing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I came... said that to someone yesterday who, <laughs> um, who I'm close to, who knows, knows the program well, but wasn't able to be with us at our 10th anniversary. And I said, you know, what was really amazing is to see the speed at which they connect with one another. And I think that's because they see in each other some reflection of themselves. They don't spend any time at all trying to figure out, you know, whose company is bigger than the other or anything like that. They just go right to, you know, who are you? What are you about? What are you trying to do? And how can I help you? Um, and, and that turns into um, opportunity and, and very rapidly, uh, whether they're creating new partnerships, figuring out new distribution channels, making introductions to advisors, or um, even you know creating um, new enterprises with one another. Many of these women who didn't know each other before the program have become best friends, have become business partners, have become close advisors. They they co-locate, they travel to each other's companies to advise one another. Um, they volunteer with one another. They vacation together. It's really quite astonishing. 
And, and I think that all happens because they don't spend a lot of time or any time really posturing. They spend their time investing in each other. And it's, it's a, a very valuable um, outcome that, that you see as a result of that. Yeah, and a very quick, valuable, and it's ex- and it's very easy to to see that too. Um, you know, you and when you and I were talking um, at the conference, you know, now that you've hit this ten year mark, and you're you've had a, the the survey of the ripple effect, and you've able to been, been able to reflect on what you've accomplished and got have some data behind it to to really prove what what is happening out there. And at least when you look to the future of the winning women, the women in entrepreneurship in different roles, um, you had just said that EY got some really great news as well. Um, where do you see yourself and the, the the program going in the future? And what are some of the big things that you want to make sure that you're accomplishing going forward? Well, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, someone said to me that, you know, it would be great if in another 10 years we wouldn't need the program, right? Interesting. Um, that, that we would have positioned women entrepreneurs on equal footing to men, that we would have given them um, the public profile they've earned and deserve, the access to financing that they've earned and deserve for the outcomes that they generate, um, that, you know, this would become mainstream and their success would be recognized on a mainstream basis. And I, I think that, you know, that's a really worthy goal because you don't really want to have to do this forever. You know, you really want people to be able to stand on their own two feet, have the resources they need to accomplish what they want, what they set out for themselves, and then go, you know, about doing it. Obviously, you know, entrepreneurship is not an easy path. There are a lot of ups and downs, takes a lot of emotional fortitude, a lot of support, great teams, great cultures, great purpose. I mean, all of that's important, but, you know, it would be nice to know that we've created such effective business leaders or helped to, you know, support such effective business leaders. I don't like to overstate our role, mm-hmm. um, who, who are um, outstanding role models that the next generations of women entrepreneurs can just look up at them and follow in their footsteps in a, in a connected community versus needing an intervention like this, which had to build that and make it happen because it wasn't naturally occurring. So I think that would be wonderful. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, this year in the Entrepreneur of the Year Awards program in the in the United States, we, we just completed the 2017 cycle. And out of the 11 national award winners, um, five of them are women. Wow. And that's the first time that's ever happened. And in, that includes the overall national award winners, a company called the Life Sciences Company called Tesaro. Um, that is jointly run by um, a, a man and a woman. And so, you know, that was a powerful moment because you could look up and, and see that we have, you know, we, we are helping a number of women achieve that level of success, but in an objective process where they are judged among their peers. And every year in this country, there's about 1,700 peers who go through a process with our firm. 
that, you know, they've, they've reached that pinnacle of success, that, that trophy means that, you know, they are, um, winning an award, recognizing their entrepreneurial accomplishments, not only for seeing their entrepreneurial potential. One of the women um, in who won the award, uh, Phyllis Newhouse, Extreme Solutions, is an entrepreneurial and an entrepreneurial winning woman, and so you know that was a, a very proud moment for us to see her take that stage, win the technology category, and know you know some have some have had some hand in what she's been able to accomplish from the time we met her until the time her peers, you know, looked at her and said, "You're the best this year." How cool is that? Among many, very exciting. Yeah, I think that's a pretty worthy goal, Lisa. I mean, to to be able to work this in the mainstream where it's non a non event is something that I think everybody it, it takes it takes the great the greater picture to be able to do that because you could always drag something on, but to really work yourself out and actually integrate it into the the mainstream is probably the most difficult task out there. How would you know if you were to look at that situation? You kind of peer into the future. How would you know you were there? Yeah, the the program is evergreen. And so um, we stay in touch with them over long periods of time. Um, you know, that's how I knew um, that, you know, one of them from the class of 2009 had, had mm-hmm. just invested in a couple of companies. So whether they're clients or friends or just members of the community in general, we try to stay in touch and see them on some regular basis, whether we're convening them as winning women or as part of something else that we're doing as a firm or even as friends. Um, and so we, you know, we have some idea of what they're accomplishing. Sometimes they report in and, you know, will send us an update. Um, and so, you know, we see it, you know, we, we see it. We also do these impact studies um, mm-hmm. every few years. So we, we ask them, you know, what's, mm-hmm. what's happened, what's changed, um, you know, what's your revenue looking like, what, what's your employment base looking like. Yeah, so, so we have a pretty good handle. It's not 100%. But it's a pretty yeah. good pulse on what's going on out there. And, you know, I, I think you and EY are doing some amazing things for this because it's, I, again, I, I saw it firsthand. So it's, uh, it's something that is nothing short of amazing. So if there's anything you want to leave the listeners with about the program, about the winning women, about kind of where things are going, what do you think it would be? I think it would be to pay attention to women founders and recognize that in every industry, you know, on the planet, they are building great companies to accomplish important things in life sciences and technology and retail and services and fintech, whatever it is, um, you'll find women who have significant experience that they're plowing into great companies. And whenever you have an opportunity to meet them, to hear their stories, to share their stories like you're doing, uh, to support them with advice or connections or investments, it's worth giving it a really strong look because, um, you know, there, there are more women starting businesses than there are men. We are at a, um, a low point in business, new business formation in this country. Um, women are, are becoming more highly educated than their male counterparts. If you look at the statistics of who's coming out of grad schools. And so if we don't focus on, supporting the success of women entrepreneurs, we're disadvantaging ourselves economically. Um, we're also depriving ourselves of some great products and services. 
Well, so, yeah, really, really, yeah. really yeah. interesting stats. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a real situation that's there too. Uh huh. That is a real situation, and uh, you know, no, no gender, no ethnicity, no race has a premium on great ideas. Uh, we need to be diverse in our thinking and inclusive in our work, and you know, everybody with a great idea and and the power and the ambition to pursue it should be given a shot at that. And so I think um, when we don't look to women as founders and support their success as business leaders, we're missing the mark in many ways. And um, it's, it's about enrichment for our communities. It's about the value that they add when they pay it forward. And it's about, you know, all the great products and services they create to change our lives. So if you see a great woman entrepreneur out there, help her be successful in whatever way you can. And um, it'll be a benefit to everybody. And pay attention. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, pay, pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Lisa, what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? So you can read all about the program on ey.com forward slash winning women. We have a great website that shares a lot of know-how about what we do. And um, you know, we're not trying to hoard it. We're trying to make it available to others publicize the program to people you know who could be uh, participants, whether it's here in this part of the world or, or around the world, Asia, EMEA, Africa, Brazil, Russia, um, you know, Australia, New Zealand. You, know, you, can, you can read about the program. You can read, uh, find who the contacts are and, yeah, be, uh, be an advocate. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And, uh, giving some space to this important topic. We appreciate it.